1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday
2: mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max over on ESPN Radio. No Keyshawn, no J. Will, no Max, but it is Amber Wilson, Peter Burns, rolling with you over on ESPN2 on television. Hi, hello, there we are. I don't have my creepy mustache anymore. It was the uh, the only way that Amber said I could work with you this week, right? You said, Yeah, well, uh, last
0: time we worked together, it was disturbing. Uh, ESPN... It's mm-hmm. smart of them. Refuse to put you on oh, camera because so awkward. if Look you're watching that. us right now on ESPN two, you can see the picture of Peter with his creepy mustache. What? Drink
1: it in. What? he has Drink shaved it, in. it now,
0: so that what? we have agreed to put his face on ESPN.
1: I will say this: the mustache life is it's it's like a, this fraternity. I wore it one day as a joke over at SEC Media Days. For those who don't know, I am the anchor of the SEC Network. So I was there. We're going to do kind of a Top Gun bit the first day. So I wear the me- mustache. And then it became a thing. And, and Amber, I'm not lying. By day two or day three, when you walk around with this thing, people kind of, like, they give you the other mustache. People give you kind of the nod. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you felt like you had been adopted into this group. You felt like all of a sudden, and then people don't know whether to take you seriously or like that guy's super confident because he's wearing the really creepy stash.
0: Well, right now on ESPN2, they are doing you dirty because our oh, production no. crew has put the mustache back on you uh, with technology. And so now the creepy mustache has remade an appearance on Peter Burns's face. On ESPN, too. That is so awkward. He is is... making faces. It was weird because you, Joe Fortenbaugh, Randy Scott, like y'all grew the mustache at the same time. It's not Movember. I don't Mm -hmm. know what on earth, frankly, got into everybody here at ESPN this summer. But you, I guess, wanted to join the fraternity A fraternity. That nobody needed to be part of. No, after I am 1978. in a, I
1: am in a contract year with ESPN, so I would imagine when I do uh, and we renegotiate the next contract, there will be an addendum in there that says absolutely no mustaches ever, ever again.
0: There's, it, a, you know, there's a because there was an few issue. who can pull it off, you know, yeah. but I'm not so sure, Peter. Thank Burns, you. It. Okay. I'm um, just
1: I say that this show presented by Progressive Insurance. uh, Peter Burns, Amber Wilson here today, and I said that about the addendum. Of course, last night I'm doing the prep for the show, and I'm looking at this, going, "All right, is the Deshaun Watson news going to drop at his suspension? Right? Will we get the absolute uh, Friday news drop that seems to happen every single uh, you know week? That we thought we were going to get last Friday, by the
0: way, and uh, still hasn't come.
1: It has not come, but then. These sports radio gods give, give to this this. Kyler Murray's um, addendum in the contract part of his video games and his independent study clause removed from the contract. Removed. Done. They don't even had it. Arizona Cardinals came out and said, We trust him so much that we, we, we understand that he's committed to it. The only issue is Kyler Murray. Yesterday, Amber had a presser, calls a presser at the facility to talk about this, and this is what he had to say: "To think that I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career um, and not be a student of the game, and not um, not not have that passion, and not not take this serious is is almost it's disrespectful, and it's it's almost it's it's almost a joke, you know. Um, it's to me." it's, um, I'm flattered, you know, I'm I'm honestly flattered that y'all think that at my size, I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not, um, you know, not take it serious. It's, 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 it's disrespectful. I feel like to my peers, to all the, to all the the great athletes and great players that are in this league. Um, this game's too hard, uh, to, to play the position that I play in this league. It's, it's, it's too hard. Amber, there are stories that you just fall in love with, and this is one. It has everything that I love about it. It has the NFL, check. It has video games, check. It has dumb contract clauses, check. It has a team making an incredibly stupid decision, check. Mm -hmm. And it has a player that makes the team's dumb decision look even worse. I'm still a firm believer, Amber. Had Kyler Murray come out yesterday in his presser and made a joke about this, Going, guys, I'm sorry, I, uh, I was playing video games a little bit late last night, but I wanted to address this. Had he just kind of poked fun at himself at this perceived or real issue, this whole thing goes away. The whole thing is diffused. I mean, what would you be saying had Kyler said it that way this morning? What, 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 he could have controlled the narrative, and, and he failed at that aspect.
0: I love the idea of my athletes being more transparent, giving me more personality, particularly in that sport in the NFL where we don't always get it from them. I just don't know if Kyler Murray, frankly, has earned the luxury yet of going out and making the jokes and making light of the situation in front of the microphone. But he's got $160 million.
1: Like, just The fact that they're giving me $160 million guaranteed means guaranteed. you can do whatever you want. You are the face of the franchise. You are Kyler Murray. You're one of the most incredible players we've seen in the last decade on the the field. And yeah, if you're a rookie, you don't do that. But Amber, at this point, this is your team. You are the leader. And so you should be able to go out there. I guarantee you, every leader at some point, no matter if it's football, basketball, if it's accounting, if it's a rental car place, a good leader is going to take one for the team. And Kyler Murray, knowing the Cardinals did him dirty at this point in putting this in this contract, he could have saved them and just be like, Psh. Who cares? If you think I'm good now, wait until I stop playing video games like the Cardinals want me to do. And everybody would have laughed. And everybody would have said, he's so confident
0: but he didn't do it. I just, it was right there in front the of The Cardinals completely oh. botched this. Where I think they did him dirty isn't just having the language in his contract. He knew that existed. He signed the contract, but where did we all find out that this language existed? It's hard for me to imagine that the leak came from Kyler Murray's camp because that wouldn't have done him any good. It's weird, Peter. I, I learned this week that somebody can be handed $230 million mm. and I can feel bad for them because that's the place I've gotten to with Kyler Murray. He's, signed a 230 million dollar deal with 160 of that guaranteed and I found myself feeling bad for Kyler Murray because I do think what this clause has done and our knowledge of this clause is probably over amplify the problem surrounding him in terms Mm -hmm. of his work ethic now we're all out here assuming he doesn't do anything but play Fortnite with you and Marcus Spears all (laughs) night long, and that he never watches any game film. And frankly, that's probably overstating it. He wouldn't have obviously been able to have the success that he did have for the first 10 weeks of this past season, or, you know, play quarterback in the NFL if he didn't study at all. Now,
1: now, full disclosure, before Kyler Murray joins me and Marcus Spears' squad (laughs) on Fortnite, along with his son, Junior, I got (laughs) to know if Kyler Murray's pretty good. And I don't know if he's a Call of Duty player oh, there's or. There's a he's vetting more. system. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, listen. You don't just add anybody into your video game crew, right? It's like <laughs> yeah, adding somebody true. into I your don't... fantasy football group. Like you have, there is a vetting. There's an interview process. We play there's a couple an of interview games. Interview process. Well, you're yeah. Playing
0: seven year olds and you're interviewing them to well, see if they're yeah. up to the task. I
1: mean, as long as their mom allows them to play video games as late as we do, yeah. I, I kind of we don't just allow anybody in our group. Okay, you have to earn the right to get crushed by nine-year-olds over there. club. Uh, 888-SAY-ESPN. Peter Burns, Amber Wilson here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. Marty is in Philly. Marty, what do you think of this whole Kyler Murray situation? Well, I really disagree with Peter's comment. Peter felt that because he has $160 million guaranteed, that he should have came out and joked and said, well, what I've done playing video games, I'll really be good. Um, it runs deeper than that. I mean, the whole independent study clause is like an attack on his work ethic and his commitment to his job. And so that is not a joking matter, regardless of what your profession is. No more than would no more than uh, would Peter want someone to say that, he doesn't take his job seriously but because he has a paycheck he should make a bite of it. So I totally disagree with that. I really like the stance that Kyler made um, because But I mean, Marty, Marty, the sta- the, the stance that he made was not he, the stance that he made was coming out the media. You guys uh, are talking about my work ethic. You and Amber and Kayshawn and all everybody's just questioning my work ethic. We never questioned that really. Right? It was the Arizona Cardinals who felt the need to put this in the contract. And they're not putting this in the contract unless there was something. If there was smoke, right? There's a fire somewhere. And so the Cardinals were doing it. So, unless he is super, super cerebral smart, and Kyler Murray said, you know what? I'm going to send the message to the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to go out there and use a presser, and I'm really, they're going to think I'm talking to the media, but this is my way to rip my own organization for having this dumb, stupid clause in there. Then I would give Kyler some credit. But Amber, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, Kyler went after the media yesterday.
3: Well,
4: He's
1: the I, one who's I, saying that y'all have a problem with this. Right. Bro, we well, didn't he put this, this in the, the cardinals.
0: Right. But it, the reality is the whole reason that we, the media are questioning his work ethic is because mm. the cardinals included this language in his contract and we all found out about it. And so everybody out here is questioning it. Now, in fairness, those rumors were already out there. They already existed. We already did have those discussions during the negotiations process. But it see, being in black and white in yeah. writing definitely gave us more fuel to the
1: the fire. Uh, more fuel to the fire. 888-SAY-ESPN is the number. NO Battle Sunday coming up. Giants hosting the Cubs Sunday night. Baseball begins uh, our coverage 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and 7 p.m. over on ESPN. More your calls, more your tweets on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And also, the Giants going to be landing a new quarterback. We'll tell you about that next.
2: G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the
3: podcast.
4: The recently signed extension of Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray includes a rare clause that requires him to study
5: film for four hours per week during the season.
3: Obviously, there's language stipulated in this contract that proves that this dude is not in love with the process to be great.
1: This is another sign that this is a bad contract. When somebody is some way and you give them money, it makes them more what they are. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, always presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Peter Burns, and for the guys today, you can join us, 888-SAY-ESPN, or tweet us. And we're talking about the different contracts. Kyler Murray, the cause is no longer. It's done. But, of course, maybe the damage is done. Joining us right now, ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. Uh, Jeff, what is in your contract with ESPN <laughs> right now? What, what kind of clause do you have? I am
5: often in breach of my uh, four-hour work week clause. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> homework is just not my thing. Never has been.
1: Um, how, how surprised are you of how this whole thing played out?
5: Um, I, I'm surprised from the standpoint that I, uh, one general manager that I had asked in the league, <clears throat> excuse me, Uh, I asked a general manager right after this all kind of came out that this contract clause existed. And I was like, is this normal? I was just trying to gauge before I felt like I overreacted to find out if this is something that maybe is in people's contract and we just don't realize it. And this GM was like, no, I would absolutely never do that. Uh, And my owner wouldn't want me to do that because it draws too much attention to the situation. And it also isn't worth the paper it's printed on if it ever went to arbitration. That was his response. And now, three days later, it it is proven that that is the exact right reaction to putting something like this in. The, the first point is that it does draw too much attention. It did draw way too much attention to Kyler Murray's contract. And the second point is, as we just saw with them removing it, it probably wasn't the type of thing that was very enforceable anyway. So, um, you know, I, I think that we've looked at every step of this from... The clause itself, to Kyler's reaction to it yesterday, to the social media team for the Arizona Cardinals then tweeting out <laughs> Kyler's reaction to a clause <laughs> that was put in his contract by the organization, <sighs> to then taking out the clause altogether—it's just been handled uh, so poorly. I, I, I almost, I don't even really necessarily care anymore, and I would guess that you guys probably agree. We're trying to move on, and then every time you try to move on, it's like they pull you back in. Well, wait, let me shoot
1: myself in the foot one more time.
0: I mean, it's a gift that keeps on giving uh, (laughs) to us here at Sports Radio. So I guess from that perspective, I love this story. But, Jeff, I tend to agree with you. I've been screaming from the mountaintops the last few days that from the lawyer perspective, this thing's totally unenforceable. So what is even the point of having this language in his contract? It does feel like the Cardinals have totally botched this. So what does Kyler Murray have to do now at this point to move on? from this story.
5: Nothing. Win. Just like yeah. everything else. And I think that that is the greatest point here. Like We have seen, though, and I don't care about being blamed as a member of the media by Kyler Murray. Like It doesn't hurt my feelings that he blames the media. But what I will say about his reaction to it is like, dude, just from a self-awareness standpoint, I, again, it's not about me being a member of the media. It's about the fact that you, you don't see... Why it's not a great look to go out there and, and blame this side when the claws came from the team. So from, from uh. my perspective, it has nothing to do with whether he's successful on the field and all those things. It's just it continues to sort of emphasize some of what I feel like we've always wondered um, and questioned about Kyler. All when probably is the week when, when Kyler and the organization should be celebrating him. Like never before. He just got a huge contract. And instead, it's not about that, and it's instead about this.
1: Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Peter Burns and Amber Wilson here on KJM. And, and Jeff, when you look at this, you're right. Had, had, had even Kyler gone yesterday, I said, take the presser and turn it around. Control the narrative and laugh at it going, oh, right. I'm, I'm this good now, now that I'm not going to play video games Alas, he didn't. And now he's going to have to have that much more amplified pressure, not only because of the contract, which was already coming, but is it the fact, too, with DeAndre Hopkins? And, uh, you know, what, is it going to be a six-game suspension? I think they were going to be trying to peel. He's not going to have his full array of weapons right off the bat. Uh, That's not going to be even – we're probably going to be revisiting this all of a sudden if the Cardinals start – three and three or two and four this season.
5: You know, you make a really good point just in terms of, like, crisis management. Think about Leonard Fournette, what happened with him, right? He reported (laughs) to camp, like, at 260 pounds. Mm -hmm. What did he do? He tweeted out a picture of him, photoshopped, like, a big dude being, like, ready for camp. He made fun of it. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, ha-ha, cool. We all moved on because... And maybe it's... We're the dumb ones. But it was like, I I mean, how are you going to keep going on the guy? He made fun of himself. And... I just think to that point, we're all like, okay, Leonard recognizes it. he's moved on. And this just feels, uh, to your point, like something that's now forever going to come up whenever something goes wrong. It's like, did you study this week? You know, and... Oh, we're
0: going to be doing that yeah. to Kyler sure. for a while. Let's be real. Maybe with, with Fournette, it's a little bit easier to play the game uh, when you've been in the league as long as him. But Kyler will learn. Uh, he's got to do the winning, like you said. Uh, speaking of big guys showing up to camp, D.K. Metcalf, he did get paid by the Seattle Seahawks. Jeff, he got a three-year deal, uh, the signing bonus being the highest at uh, his position in the NFL. What are the Seahawks doing then? So they're not in a rebuild? Like what? What is <laughs> I, yeah, happening in Seattle? It's, it's funny Explain it to me.
5: I understand the reason, you know, even if you are, say, in a rebuild this year, they don't view it as being some long-term project. You know, they feel like if they get their quarterback, which they could do either through the acquisition of Jimmy Garoppolo um, or, you know, and I don't know that that's something that's even on the table at this point, but the other side of it is that there's like six quarterbacks that could go in the first round next year. So I think the mindset is like, we're not going to lose DK, a really talented player, just because this year might not be awesome. Um, but you do look at it, and it's, it 's the kind of interesting part to me is that he was able to get a three year deal, so he 's up for a contract extension again when he 's twenty seven years old normally you'd see guys get longer deals, and you would think for a team that 's sort of in that rebuild in the first year of that three year deal and it is an extension is kind of a little bit uh, i don 't know pointless so but but i I understand the idea of at least securing him so that when you are built up, you still have D.K. Metcalf on your
1: squad. And doesn't it kind of buoy the 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 franchise? At that point, he kind of says, all right, listen, this is our bridge, yes. one way or another. That's right. A
5: bridge it, is a good way of putting it. That's, yeah. that's a perfect way of putting it.
1: If for no other reason, because if it really fell apart and you don't have him, he's no, there's no way he's re-signing with Seattle. That's why he got the money. Jeff Darlington joining us mm-hmm. right now. Uh, you had something to add there, Jeff?
5: No, I think that's a perfect way of putting it, though. You don't have to... Completely. There, there is something to be said if you could get a haul like the Chiefs got for Tyreek Hill, mm. um, you know, or, or the Titans got for A.J. Brown. I, I get that. But uh, outside of that, you know, at least you have a guy, like you said, that you, you can at least show people as as you build it back up. Like we've got something to show you in, in the terms of a bridge.
1: All right. So, Jeff, if you right now are talking to Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. you are preparing him to go where this year?
5: I mean, Seattle's got to be the best option. The problem is, are the 49ers willing to trade him within the division, um, is first and foremost. The second thing is, like, if you're the Seahawks, and we just talked about DK, but do you feel like you're better suited to wait it out um, and then go into that very quarterback-heavy draft next year and get a guy there? I mean, look, winning, as the Seahawks know better than anybody, winning with a guy like they when Russell Wilson was on his rookie deal is much easier to do when you're on a rookie deal than bringing in a free agent who you're ultimately going to have to pay, and a free agent in Jimmy Garoppolo who does still come with some questions. So uh, I could see the Seahawks still making the team making the most sense for him in terms of a, a step in starter starting situation. Otherwise, you know, you could make a case for somewhere like the Bucks, where once again you're back <laughs> behind Tom Brady, but you figure in a year you'll likely um, a little different than the Patriots scenario, where in a year maybe you'll actually get to play.
0: Poor Kyle Trask down there in Tampa. Uh, nobody, nobody seems nobody. to
1: believe it's in So hold on. Life. Kyle Trask got the best job in all of sports, right? He's, he's going to have the Chase Daniel Award of making him like $65 million oh, in holding the clipboard. <laughs> I, like, remember, I, I want that job.
5: I remember talking um, back in the day. There was a guy, Jim Sorge. I don't know if you remember that name. Absolutely. Probably. Okay, you do. He was Peyton Manning's backup for like five years. And I remember talking to him one time in Indianapolis. Like, he goes, he goes, dude, the scare, the most scared I've ever been. I saw my career flash before my eyes when Peyton Manning took an extra second to get up after he got hit. He's like, if I had to go in that game, my career was over.
0: It is the uh, most underrated position in the NFL, I think, the backup quarterback that gets paid and doesn't have to do anything. And everybody always wants you, right? They always want you out there. They're always uh, rooting for the next guy. Uh, DK got paid. Is Debo Samuel now the next domino to fall?
5: He is, uh, one way or the other. Well, if we're talking wide receivers, obviously. Um, uh, He is the next domino. The question here still, to me, is like, can this get done? you got to realize, you know, uh, I, I had reported that Debo told me that he wanted to be traded. And then when he reported to mandatory minicamp, these 49ers fans were like, oh, see, he is, he's fine. He, he doesn't have a problem. That was to avoid fines. Like, he didn't want to get fined the $90,000. And it didn't mean that, that the, the gap that exists between the, the organization and him, not just in terms of the contract, but in terms of just the tone of the negotiations that rubbed Debo the wrong way, um, all of that was still in play. And the good news is Kyle Shanahan um, said that they're having productive conversations. There was a point when I didn't even think Debo would talk to the team, that he was like, just, I'm done with you, I'm not talking to you. The fact that he's talking at least suggests that he's willing to hear the contract situation to potentially stay with the organization. And
1: he's got the same agent as DK Metcalf, so maybe now that that framework is done, the Debo deal gets done, which means Garoppolo gets out pretty quick. Last quick question for you, what comes quicker? Lamar Jackson's deal or the Deshaun Watson decision, uh, and we're trying to figure out which way that goes as well.
5: Right. Uh, either one could happen. I, Deshaun Watson's situation has to come to a resolution here. The disciplinary officer has all of the information, has all of the written briefings, has met with the NFL and the NFLPA. It, it just, I mean, it could happen literally any second. Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, I know two completely different things, but you know, we're looking for news cycles here, right? Lamar Jackson's scenario is, he is very comfortable, based on my conversation with somebody. Uh, he thinks a deal can get done, but he is comfortable playing this season without a new deal, which is fascinating that someone that is so vulnerable to injury in the way that he runs around uh, would be willing to do that. But he is an unconventional person going about this in an unconventional way, uh, and, and I think that uh, he beats to his own drum, and I kind of love it, and... We'll see what happens, but I I could see him not signing a new deal this season.
1: That's crazy. We Continue to follow him in his coverage at Jeff Darlington, and we'll see if you get your four hours of study hall in (laughs) a little bit later. All right, Jeff. (laughs) There it is. Jeff Darlington joining us here. and Keyshawn J. Will and Max Peter Burns, Amber Wilson in for the guys. All right, coming up, we're going to switch gears. College football is around the corner. Which one of those guys are going to have the most amount of success? Is it going to be Lincoln Riley? Is it going to be Brian Kelly? Maybe Marcus Freeman now over at Notre Dame? College Athletics, stunned by reports USC and UCLA, are leaving the Pac-12 Conference and about to join the Big Ten Conference as early as 2024. It's not that I'm shocked at it. I guess maybe because of the distance. I mean, it's just all of those types of logistics, not only for football, but other sports that will be part of this package. Southern Cal is right back in the money. I think they are eventually
5: going to be anyway because of what Lincoln Riley is doing, but they were always going to be held back by an inferior league.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max over on ESPN Radio. Hi, I'm Peter Burns. That is Amber Wilson right over there. As always, you can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. All right. We don't have any Deshaun Watson news yet. I'm sick and tired of talking for Kyler Murray and his homework clause, at least for about another 15 minutes. So let's just shift gears a little bit. College football right around the corner. And, Amber, this has been the craziest offseason I can ever remember. Okay? Even last year when Texas and Oklahoma in the middle of SEC media day said, hey, we're bouncing out of the Big 12, we're going to the SEC, that was kind of wild. But between Lincoln Riley going to USC, Marcus Freeman over at Notre Dame, uh, almost a trade where Brian Kelly comes to my neck of the woods the 225 and going to be the head coach of the LSU Tigers, transfer portal, NIL, uh, conference uh, expansion, playoff expansion, it is crazy right now. I ask you this, out of all those three coaches right now, Let's start with Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, Marcus Freeman. You're betting on one of these guys to have a great season this upcoming year. Who are you taking <sighs> and why? Uh,
0: man, I, this is actually a really hard question because obviously, listen, you're entering a new era with all three of these programs, so it's hard to decipher who's going to have the most success immediately. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what USC has done in the transfer portal. I think that that's really interesting out there uh but it feels like to me they have too far of a way to go like too much ground to make up so i do Mm. think that if we're just talking year one that there's only so much of a step that you could expect now they do have the easier conference so they do have the easier route to get there right that's my concern for lsu where it's not just Brian Kelly's accent down there fitting into the South, but it's also, of course, uh, fitting into the SEC. So it's going to be tough sledding in that conference, and we know the direction that conference is taking just getting all the more stronger. So I guess Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame Dame is maybe my choice here. <laughs> Did you just go
1: Ron Burgundy question mark at the end?
0: Like Notre Dame? Marcus I don't Freeman? feel great no. about it, right? But I feel like at least with Marcus Freeman, the familiarity there, I don't think that there should be a huge drop off. From the absence of Brian Kelly, uh, they do have a huge season opening game at Ohio State that is going to set the tone for the entire season for this Notre Dame team. But I do think when we're talking about some of the additions, the skill position players, I know there's a question at quarterback there for the Irish, but I just feel like that Freeman has the least ground to make up. And him not having to compete in the SEC is probably going to give me the edge here over LSU. But nobody cares what I think about college football <laughs> in July, Peter Burns. They care what you think about college football in July. Who would be your choice? I,
1: I, again, it's near and dear to my heart. I grew up an LSU fan. I'm born and raised in Baton Rouge. I mean, I used to. I grew up going to games in the student section of Tiger Stadium. That's probably why I curse so much as, as, as an adult growing up. And, but you, but you nailed in the fact that Brian Kelly probably has a more talented roster than he's ever had in the history of coaching Notre Dame football, but he's also playing in the 27 Yankees of the SEC West, which is an incredibly deep team with Mike Leach's squad at Mississippi State bringing back everybody. Uh, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss crew, uh, A&M rolling right now with their recruits, something that's not making Nick Saban a whole heck of a lot of happy. And by the way, Alabama's clearly the number one team in the country, so I think that's the issue that I have with Brian Kelly. I think that he's able to have some success, but that game against Florida State is so intriguing to me. That opener on Sunday Night Football, or it is Sunday Night, um, is going to be fascinating because LSU fans will get to see their brand new head coach against Florida State. So It's already a hated school, but they're playing in the Superdome, which LSU fans, by the way, in their three national titles, they won all three of them in the Superdome. That That is a home field advantage And I'm not quite sure how much, you know, how LSU fans are going to deal with it if all of a sudden he doesn't have success. I do want you to listen to this, though. My good friend Greg McElroy was talking about it, and he's got the Always College Football podcast uh, that's up right now. He had this to say on Freddie and Fitzsimmons talking about which team he thought might be overrated coming into the season. Last time I checked, we got to play defense, and you got to have great defensive line personnel to make it to the college football playoff. And if I'm looking at, SC, and I'm trying to evaluate what they have offensively, and as far as perimeter skill, they're terrific. But front seven defensively, it's almost as if they completely forgot it or abandoned it in the transfer portal because the pieces they did get were kind of leftovers from other places that were going to be in a backup role anyway. So uh, I don't think SC is anywhere near at this point. See, he says that that the def- defense is going to be an issue. And listen, Greg McElroy knows, has more football knowledge and college football knowledge in his pinky than I have in my whole entire life. However, I go back and look at the, the same thing that Lane Kiffin brought to Ole Miss when he first got there with the Rebels. It was, we're going to score a boatload of points. You know what what's going to happen at that point? A bunch of guys are going to say, I want to come to L.A. and score a boatload of points. It's working for Tennessee and Josh Heupel. It's going to work for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. They just went 10-2 and and went over. To a Sugar Bowl. And I do think that Lincoln Riley is going to get a bunch of love this year because the Pac 12 isn't great outside of Utah. And now you got Jordan Addison coming in, who was the Blitnikoff Award winner from Pittsburgh. You got Caleb Williams, who's probably going to be on the Heisman front list, uh, short list early in the season. I think it's actually going to be Lincoln Riley. But the one guy that we didn't mention is your team. How about Billy Napier down in Florida? I'm 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 absolutely Are you high
0: on my Gators? I want you to say yes. But I didn't argue be for them. Or? I didn't advocate for them to be part of this conversation for a reason, Peter Burns. That recruiting process, not so pretty right now. Well, My but, Florida game. But
1: here's the deal. and in, in, in The brilliance of Nick Saban and what he was able to bring to Alabama and even LSU before that was he brought the organizational skills of an NFL franchise to a collegiate program. The behind-the-scenes stuff. Not the X's and O's. It was the process. It was everything behind the scenes. Guess who did that? Again, it's Kirby Smart, who learned it from Nick Saban. He built that process at Georgia. He went to Georgia at the administration and said, I need this, this, and this, and we'll win a title. They built him this, this, and this, and he won a title. Billy Napier is doing the same things at Florida, and but it's just going to take a couple of years. I, I do think that they struggle a little bit at this point. But...
0: I liked the Napier hire, don't get me wrong. And so I'll be patient. I don't think I'm going to see the result of it in 2022. And that was sort of my argument also with Lincoln Riley. Like, I mean, that hiring shook up the entire world of college football, right? None of us saw it coming. I do think it pays off. It certainly pays off, I think, in that conference. But there's going to be growing pains there. I think even with how well they've done in the transfer portal, you heard there about the defense. I mean, Alex Grinch is a, mm-hmm. is a guy who has done it at Oklahoma, right? He did it at Ohio State. He has turned around defenses. I just think if we're talking, you know, him doing it immediately, we're yeah. setting the standard really, really high. Frankly, we're setting the standard high for, for this conversation with any of these guys uh, when as they enter a new era. But I do think that USC was just further behind the mark Real
1: quickly, the- the thing who needs that is the Big Ten. The Big Ten needs USC to be good as soon as they hit the ground running. That team, that conference has only won one title by one team in the last 24 years. Ohio State's done it multiple times, but they need more depth that they want to be considered one of the super conferences in college football. She's Amber Wilson. I am Peter Burns. Follow us on Twitter at AmberWSports, myself at Peter Burns ESPN. All right, we switch gears back to a little NFL. What do we expect from
3: Justin Fields in year two with the Bears?
2: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max over on ESPN Radio. I want to get my money right. Do you think Kanye buys... um Milli, mega million lotto tickets, Amber Wilson. I mean, no? you can
0: never have too much, right, Peter? Isn't that the old <laughs> adage with money? The rich just keep getting richer? Why not? Uh, uh,
1: yeah, maybe that's the case. Courtney Cronin joining us right now. Courtney, uh, what's the first thing you're going to buy uh, over now? The Bears reporter. Are you buying Justin Fields more wide receivers? What, what, what are you doing if you win the billion dollars type thing?
4: Is this for like me personally, or if like I'm like the, in charge of the Chicago Bears? Because yeah, because I, I feel
0: like she'd have better things to spend her money. Absolutely, on than help I for cover Justin this Fields. team. Like in the
4: in the grand scheme of things, it's a job. Uh, so no, I would not spend my billion dollars on Justin Fields, as much as he might need those wide receivers that I could buy with a billion dollars. Um, I would. Certainly pay off any debts. I would go ahead and set my mom up for the rest of her life. And then I'd probably boring. pay my mortgage. <laughs> Sorry, Amber. Like, I've got.
2: Jeez. I've,
0: I mean, where's I've the people that you're going to invite them. me on, Courtney? I thought well, we were friends, you know. I'm going to need a yacht. I'm going to need a plane to get invited <laughs> on. I feel like you could do more than pay off the bills. Maybe next time.
4: I, s- you're the one who lives in Florida. Like I'll just like Venmo you like a couple like 100 million. You can buy the yacht. I'll come visit.
1: I don't know if Venmo does the 100 million. I don't know how many commas you can do in a in a Venmo <laughs> or like Zelle payment. Courtney Cronin joining us right now. All right, you did not win it. So sorry you're stuck with us talking a little NFL. But I do think it's one of the more intriguing teams this year, the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields coming into year 2. Like what what's the vibe right now coming into camp?
4: I think the vibe, especially around this offense and fields and, and the growth that he can make this year is how how much of that continuity are we going to start to see pay off between himself and the receivers that he does have? Because this offseason has been centered on what the team didn't do in a lot of respects to help fields. So, you know, what we've seen so far in the early portion of training camp and what we've heard is that, yeah, this offense is still a work in progress and it's going to take a while. I think one of the most self-aware things that we heard from offensive coordinator Luke Getze, who's new this year, he was in Green Bay the last uh, couple years, and now he gets to call plays for Justin Fields, is that this scheme, which is going to help Fields because it's going to take pressure off of him by establishing a pretty consistent rushing attack, a lot of play action, a lot of bootlegs, this scheme isn't meant to make anybody better than they are. There are so few scheme-transcendent quarterbacks out there that I think it's just a rational thought of how you, you know, how this thing's going to actually play out, but it's going to put the quarterback in better position to succeed within the confines of this offense. So we're starting to see like the very baby steps of that play out in, in practices so far, the pads come on on Monday, but they've made some adjustments. Like they just. Signed Riley Reef and Michael Schofield to try to shore up their offensive line because going into camp they realized it's not where it's not even adequate um, to where it needs to be, mm. so they they made those changes and those additions at the eleventh hour and i and I think that this is a team that knows in spite of like not agreeing with it and probably like not talking about it internally, they know what the expectations are, but they also know they have time on their side to try to build this thing the way that they want to, which might come with some lumps this year.
0: Maybe we'll come with some lumps. I feel like Peter Burns was being really nice right there by calling this an interesting team, Courtney Cronin, because I don't know if most people necessarily on the outside looking in would say that about this Chicago Bears team. But get us excited about this Bears <laughs> season. I know you haven't seen it in pads yet, but what can you take away from this first few days of camp that might get us excited for this offense or defense moving into the season? Well, I'll go back
4: to Fields and the continuity that he built with his that he has built with his receivers because. Look, going back to last year, Darnell Mooney is the only proven commodity he has at the wide receiver position. Coming off a thousand-yard receiving season, three of his four touchdowns came from fields. He had a great catch yesterday. A little high, uh, the pass was thrown a little bit high, but Mooney <laughs> show, Mooney's not very tall, so like the fact that he could like jump up and get this ball during eleven on eleven was, you know, a really nice grab. And Cole Komet, hit his top tight end now that Jimmy Graham is gone. I think that you can expect those two are going to be pretty active in the red zone together. And we saw those two connect on a deep ball uh, when when Komet ran a seam route at the end of seven on seven yesterday. And he was talking about, like, that's the play that they run at the end of every private workout they've done throughout this offseason away from the facility. So it's nice. I think if you're a Bears fan, you're starting to see those things come to fruition But it's just like, all right, well, how about everybody else? Like, they just got Nikhil Harry via Mm. trade. You're hoping, if you're a Bears fan that this will be the fresh start that he needs. This wide receiver room is filled with guys that are looking for that second opportunity. Byron Pringle gets the big contract after the best season of his career in Kansas City. Equinemius St. Brown was cut initially last year in Green Bay and put on the practice squad. So I feel like that's somebody who has something to prove. And and certainly with Harry too, being a former first-round pick, other guys like Tajay Sharp, Dante Pettis, they haven't been able to stick anywhere. So now they have the golden opportunity to do that and help fields along in the process.
1: Courtney Cronin joining us right now, ESPN Bears reporter. And it just sucks that the Bears aren't good. Can I just say that the way, the way it is? Because like I grew up like 85 Bears and watching Jim McMahon and like and watching Sweetness with Walter Payton, Refrigerator Perry. Like, there are certain franchises you want to be good and they can't figure it out. The Bears being one, the Knicks for all intents and purposes are, are, are basically the poster child for that. So I joked around about it, Courtney, about a billion dollars. But if you're Fixing this team. What makes this team a contender right now that they're missing? Is it defense or is it just play from Justin Fields?
4: I don't know if there's anything that they can do – like in terms of like roster additions that's going to significantly significantly impact what the outcome of the season's going to be for them. And I and I say that. That's the most
1: politely way of saying I could give you a billion dollars and you still couldn't fix this Can't right fix this
4: team. They you know what Ryan Poles inherited was a situation that wasn't just I'm gonna start to do things my way day one, it's I've got all of this stuff I have to undo first from the previous group, the previous coaching staff, the previous front office, just to get to ground zero, and then you start building. Like they let 20-plus free agents walk uh, away in March, and they weren't super active players in free agency. They actually had a couple missteps along the way. The Larry Joby thing blew up in their face. When, when he failed that physical, he was supposed to be the guy they bring in as, as their big defensive addition at three technique, and that didn't work. So... I think Bears fans would probably be more excited had they done more in free agency, gone after some of the big-name receivers mm-hmm. that either wanted out of their place or were available free agent as free agents, or done more in the draft from that respect. But for a team that had so many holes on the roster – you, you could throw a dart at the board, and wherever they land, it was going to at least lead them to, to yeah. trending in the right direction.
1: Always trending in the right direction we get a chance to talk to you. You can follow her on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin, and she will let you in on your the billion-dollar deal once she wins the Mega Millions. Uh, talk to you soon, Courtney. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, you. There it is. That just stinks. Like, you just want them to be better, and they're just not. Um, speaking of, And they're teams, not
0: setting Justin Fields up for success, right? No. That's what
1: it feels like. I, and, and truthfully, I don't know if the Giants are setting up Daniel Jones for a whole heck of a lot of success. I think there's a huge amount of drama that's getting ready to be brought over to the Gotham City. We'll talk about that coming up next here. Keyshawn, J-Will, and Max.
3: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.